Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, Marvel fans, to episode 24 of MarvelCast, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast by fans for fans. Each week, we'll discuss the latest news regarding the MCU, followed by reviews and discussion of the latest release content in this ever-expanding multiverse. Our audience is a key component to our show, and we'll wrap up each week by answering your Marvel-related questions. I'm your host, JG, and joined with me today is my co-host, Steven. Steven, how are you doing on this uh, quite an exciting day, to say the least? Yeah, I think we're both running on adrenaline, but you're running on probably more adrenaline and more coffee since you stayed up all night. And again, we're going to pause for a second on Marvel because it's just too exciting to talk about on an 1138 production show. The Book of Boba Fett, penultimate episode. Don't want to spoil too much, but man, it was everything you could hope for, JG. And you just, I mean, it just goes to show you that, again, Disney Plus is the way to go to tell amazing stories. Yeah, and, and I think it's also just shows that I think ultimately, because uh, Dave Filoni directed this episode, uh, he also co-wrote it with John Favreau, and I think it just really shows that Filoni gets Star Wars, and I think that this is his best live-action episode that he's directed and written, because uh, he did some from The Mandalorian. I think this one just, I think he just continues to grow and continues to uh, perfect his craft. Um, he's an amazing storyteller. Um, but obviously, translating from animation to live action is just two completely different things. Uh, so I don't think it's, it was fair to expect, you know, um, you know, like that golden, pristine quality that you might expect. Uh, but he was already had a huge head start, and I think this episode just—it's pure Star Wars. Yeah, he, like you said, he gets it better than anyone else, and I cannot wait to see and him continue to have an expanded role in this Star Wars universe because. It just, oh, I just wanted to talk more Star Wars. Man, you go, I mean, this has got to be a great episode of Star Wars Canon Podcast this week. And I hope you and I can get on there again soon because I miss talking Star Wars. Oh, yes, and th this one had a lot. So if you guys haven't seen that, definitely check out that episode if you're a Star Wars fan. Um, I would be very cautious because people are very excited. And while there is a general uh, respect for not spoiling, some people just cannot hold that excitement and spoilers are everywhere. I have seen quite a few and a friend of mine did get spoiled. So watch watch the Book of Boba Fett as soon as you can and also listen to the Star Wars Canon podcast uh, where Brian and Yusuf will break it down. Steven, let's talk some Marvel, though. Uh, we are doing just a news-focused episode this week, keeping it nice and light for you guys. Uh, we are talking and planning some really fun ideas coming up here. Uh, we both have a lot of life things also coming up, so it is going to be exciting. we got Moon Knight around the corner, uh, but speaking of Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac might have confirmed if there will be more than one season of Moon Knight. Uh, and a very interesting thing, I actually have seen this done before, but Variety does this thing where an actor will interview another actor and they had Jared Leto in interviewing Oscar Isaac and they were talking about Morbius and they were talking about Moon Knight and Oscar Isaac said this he said I never heard of Moon Knight before and I collected comics when I was younger I had heard of Morbius but I never heard of Moon Knight I don't know how the process was for you because it's a feature film but we're a limited series so usually generally speaking and I know that could be kind of like hard to because a lot of these words get thrown around like limited series mini series special series event series but usually limited series is limited to one season. So what are your thoughts on this being a one-off, similar to some of the stories we do have already? 
Yeah, like you said, most of the shows besides Loki and besides What If are those limited series as of right now. We haven't heard what else comes next. But at the same time, remember, Falcon and Winter Soldier was a limited series, and we know that we're getting a Captain America 4 movie with um, Falcon, Sam Wilson as Captain America. So with that being said, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I feel like I think we can assume this is probably a six or to eight episode run. And if they haven't announced it already, I'm not sure. But if you can tell his origin story, again, spread out over six almost hours compared to a two hour film, I'm all for it. I actually hope more and more of these maybe second and third tier characters get this origin story treatment on Disney Plus to let their character growth. But you know that he's going to, this is not just the only time we're going to see him with, especially like we talked about last week, the Moon Knight trailer is breaking records. Like people are excited for new, fresh IP and content. You know, even though it's going to be his origin story, this is just the start of a very long, hopeful future here for this character. I agree. And I think that's, what's been so nice. It's almost like these, or these shows have been a way for it to springboard uh, new characters and new stories and new ideas. And it's almost, it gives me a vibe of almost like it's a, these are each episode are like single issue comics. And then each season or each show, since they're most of them are one season is like a trade paperback. And so I, I do like th how they're approaching this. Uh, I do think obviously, I think that's a big thing. And I think most people who are fans of Marvel realizes that even though this is just one season, we are going to get, so much more content for Moon Knight. It's simply enough, you have Oscar Isaac. You're going to use him. Like, he has so much coming up. Um, however, he is going to have a big presence in Moon Knight. So continuing our discussion along with Disney Plus shows, uh, Backstage revealed uh, when Loki Season 2 is to start filming, and it's set to start filming this summer, which we could kind of speculate, depending on the turnaround, about, about a year, usually when they stop finishing, probably about mid summer-ish next year we could probably start to see this uh which could be interesting because it could come around ant-man and the wasp quantumania which happens to be coming out july 28th hmm interesting timing there steven what are your thoughts on this yeah like you said there is a turnaround um we've i feels like we've already been waiting for so long because loki did end on such a cliffhanger that has had repercussions throughout the multiverse um i'm hopeful rumors are and we can talk about this maybe in a future episode about characters that might appear in Doctor Strange. There have been rumors that Loki, Sylvie, and maybe even Mobius might make an appearance with the um, the T, the time, help me, help me, help me. Uh, time Variance? The TVA, thank the you TVA, very much. The TVA, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Time Variance Authority. So um, I'm hearing some rumors that they might be popping up. So if that's the case, we'll get a little bit of a quick cameo maybe until Tadas over. But yeah, I, I want to see more of Loki. It was it was definitely a standout show last year, and I feel like it has so much potential to continue to develop. And if it ties in with Ant Man, even better. What do you thought? What are your thoughts on it? Oh, I, I'm just so ready for this. You know, obviously, it was my favorite show last year. It's some of my favorite music from last year. I am just so excited. It was so shocking that when we went to get our post credit scene, and it, it's that short little scene. It flips over the files, and it says loki season two and it's like what like what because at that point like we were, we were pretty sure like most of these are going to be like one season maybe their stories could be continued into a second season but they'll probably be in other projects and the fact that it was getting a second season it, it ends with so many questions still and i mean there was always there was talks that it was supposed to be a longer season it's supposed to be one season with more episodes that covid might have limited that um i can see that being a fact and that this could be just a two season uh show uh because there are still 
plenty of questions that I feel need to be answered in a Loki show. Some things, obviously, some storylines could be moving forward into other properties. I think a good example is Eternals and, and and Dane and where he's moving forward. Like, obviously, you don't need necessarily another Eternals for that. He can show up in Blade. In this case, though, like, we have everything with uh, Ravana. Uh, is that her name? Rav uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, obviously, the memory loss. They, they don't know who uh, the whole different... the reality has changed now there are so many different things that are just left that i that a second season is absolutely needed yeah and i'm hoping that, like i said if, if the timetable's right like you said maybe late spring early summer right around that ant-man would make sense especially we can assume quantum mania king the conqueror is going to play a big role time travel you name it so it makes sense to include loki and maybe even maybe Loki can make an appearance in Ant-Man for if it does overlap more than we think. I agree. On the Q&A podcast with Jer Jeff Goldsmith, Spider-Man No Way Home writers Chris McKenna and Eric Summers were asked if there were ever discussions about adding a six villain to the film so that there would be an official Sinister Six. Yes, there was. I mean, yeah, there was definitely talk like who's the Sinister Six here. You could always say that Venom was the six if you want. He's in the tag, but he never made it out of Mexico. There was always the talk of should we be doing the official six again though i think what's so fun about working off of the canon is that you reinvent and we know that people know the canon but maybe everything doesn't line up maybe his past with uncle ben isn't what you think it was was venom the six or was there someone else lurking who were some of those shapes in the sky that's a lot there <laughs> that's a that's a big quote and so i know because I, I feel like a lot of people going into this movie steven thought that we were getting a sinister six uh i do not think that's what this film was intended to be and what it is. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the film, again, we talked about how much we loved it in the past. It had so much already to take care of with the plot. And I mean, when you show five villains, yeah, you go into the movie thinking, could there be a sixth one? I'm glad looking back on it in retrospect that they didn't try to cram another one and like already get the Sinister Six out of the way. I think they were very smart in having five because then you know you can always rebuild up to that big culmination film that maybe could focus more on the villains and less on Spider-Man, if you will. Um, I, you know, we saw promotional artwork before where they showed Mysterio also fighting at the Battle of New at the Battle of the Statue of Liberty. So, yeah, I mean, it's clear that they did have ideas that were bouncing around. I don't buy into the Venom tag as a Sinister Six member. Um, I don't get that vibe from him. I don't think that makes much sense. But um, yeah, I think they were smart in saving that. Sinister Six for the future. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely do too, because I think it's it's one of those things that maybe it's enticing to do. But I think this whole film was about the journey of like Peter Parker and then on top of that the other Peter Parkers. And so I think I think when you do a Sinister Six film, I think that's your focus. I don't think you're obviously like more than likely there'll be a Spider-Man. I would hope there'd be a Spider-Man, but if you're doing a Sinister Six, your focus is on those six. And so it, to do that in this film takes away then from the fact that we have the three Spider-Men. And so I think they were very wise. I think there was definitely, you know, talks of like, oh, we could do this. Should we do this, though? And I think they were very smart. Uh, I do think a Sinister Six is coming. I think that they would be... Um, I don't think it would be smart not to, because I think there is, it's just very marketable, uh, and it would do really well. But I think we still got some villains to build up and some, some members to add to the team before we get there. Yeah, let them slowly build up. I mean, this film is already like breaking records. I think 
they're close to toppling Avatar domestically or internationally. I don't even know. But I think next week we're going to have another story to talk about, possibly if it does as well as they're predicting this week at the box office. I, I agree wholeheartedly there. Moving a little forward into some, this is a little bit more a little rumor. This is not so substantial, but again, take it as it is. I thought it was definitely an interesting thing to talk about. Could Jane Foster be getting her own solo project following uh, Thor 4? Geeks uh, Worldwide con- supported Casey Walsh. Casey Walsh had one on Twitter uh, who is apparently a uh, reputable person who has inside sources and leaks and all that. Obviously, things can change. Take this as you will. Just a rumor. Uh, but saying that, you know, Jane Foster is going to be getting her own solo, like, Thor project. Now, Geeks Worldwide supported it and says it's more than a could and closer to a will, suggesting that definitive plans are in place for Natalie Portman's Goddess of Thunder to lead a Marvel project. Steven, we both have a soft spot for Natalie Portman. What are your thoughts uh, for for this, for this uh, possibility of a project? Yeah, I, you know, we grew up with seeing Natalie Portman connecting back to Star Wars as Padme Amidala. So the fact that we didn't see, we haven't seen her since really Thor Dark World. Yes, she had a cameo in um, Endgame, but really besides Thor Dark World, we haven't seen her perform. You know, I'm very interested because part of me wonders how much of this movie is her version of Thor and how much of it is setting up her Thor and really focusing on maybe a send off for Chris Hemsworth's Thor. I don't know the answer to that. And you know what? I'm kind of waiting for a trailer, which hopefully maybe even around the Super Bowl next week, we should be able to get maybe. Um, but I do wonder, you know, I think back to, again, sorry, we keep referencing it, but Star Wars Force Awakens, when that trailer came out, you saw a lot of characters. You didn't know who that, you didn't know Ray was going to be the central focus. You thought maybe it's Finn. He has a lightsaber there. You might think Poe and the X-Wing pilot, but um, so the trailers can be misleading. I have a feeling and I could be way off if when we see the first trailer, hopefully it's Super Bowl Sunday, it's going to focus a lot on Chris Hemsworth. It's going to focus a lot more on the humor. We're definitely going to see Natalie Portman, maybe even tease her transition into the Thor character and maybe her new costume. But the trailer can be misleading. It could be focused on Chris Hemsworth because they know that'll get people in seats. And then you get into the theater and you realize, actually, it's her movie. Do you think it's going to be more her movie or do you think introduce her now and then set up her own project, whether it's a Disney Plus show or a movie in the next couple of years? I think I think when you brought up the fact that, you know, this could be almost like a send-off, I hadn't even thought about that until now. And I, I think that could be what this film is when you really think about it. You know, we've already been starting to transition some new heroes taking the mantle um, and different, you know, different heroes rising. And it, it, a big example, I think, is Hawkeye. You know, how that mantle has now passed. Could we be seeing these original Avengers be passing, moving on? We also have She-Hulk. Maybe that's also the uh, the end of Hulk. Granted, there's also been rumors of World War Hulk, so maybe there's still a little bit more left for Hulk. But I think that now that you mention it, I do think that that he's going to have a big story, obviously, because it's his movie, Thor. Um, but I do think that it's going to set up Natalie Portman and her goddess of th- uh, Thunder to be for that future project, whatever that might end up being. Um, I think a big part of this story, and I think that marketing, when we get the Super Bowl, I think it's going to focus on uh, Thor, and I think it's also going to focus on Valkyrie. I think those are going to be their two marketing points for the for the early part of the uh, campaign. When we start to get closer, when we get that final trailer, that's when we're going to start to see Natalie Portman. We're going to start to see that tease. We're going to see if if they're going down the road that she has cancer, um, and, and she's going to get saved. And so I think um, at first, they're going to really, because we, we've heard so much talks about how this is 
really shaping up to be like a female, very centric movie, especially with uh, Valkyrie. So I do think there's there's a lot of excitement and possibility, but I do think this could be the send off for Thor. Yeah, I wonder if Chris Hemsworth wants to leave or if it's just kind of part of the story to move past the original six. Because at this point, like you said, it's only really we still have Hawkeye around, we still have Hulk, we still have Thor, but a lot of the half of the six are officially kind of gone right now. So I do wonder what it's going to look like. I I do also wonder. I mean, the Super Bowl is not this Sunday. It's next Sunday, the thirteenth. Correct. Correct. So Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I know some movies will put out like the thirty second or minute teaser, but then online they might put the full teaser trailer. So hopefully, and that can maybe maybe what we can do, predict next week what we're going to see on Super Bowl Sunday. That'd be fun. But yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, we'll get some news out of that soon because it's coming up before we know it. Yeah, it really is, which is, it's gonna be so exciting. Like, we have, like, this little, like, sense of, like, peace right now, a little bit of calm, which I do think it is good because we had so much at the end of 2021. Um, I'm glad we got this time to kind of, like, reset and get ready for the craziness that is about to come here. Uh, Moving kind of a little bit more, kind of a lot of eccentric theme here of kind of, like, finality uh, for this episode. Uh, James Gunn reveals that this could be the end of The Guardians after Volume 3. He said, this is the end for us. The last time people will see this team of Guardians. I just want to be true to the characters, the story, and give people the wrap-up they deserve for the story. That's always a little bit scary. I'm doing my best. I emphasize the word this team because, as we see, obviously, new characters rise to take the mantles like these heroes while they like we call them like you know by their hero names they're individuals and they kind of like take new man pe- new people take mantles so what are your thoughts on this uh are you taking his word for this and if so how do, how do you think they're gonna wrap this well i mean when the movie comes out next year we will have been with this team for nine years three solo movies plus two avengers movies um probably they're gonna appear in thor this year so like We've had a lot of adventures with this crew, and I feel like, and don't forget the Christmas special this year, too. I mean, it's just, just like we've said goodbye to Avengers, it's it's time. It is time to get fresh blood in. I don't think all of the Guardians will be disbanded or dead or gone, but I could definitely see maybe one or two of the Guardians sticking around and teaming up with some new characters. I think that adds a new dynamic when you they can reflect back on what how they have to interact differently with new guardians of the galaxy. And I could definitely see maybe at the end of this movie, the new team starts to form and sets up something down the line. I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, speaking of gun though, you know, have you had a chance to watch on HBO the peacemaker TV show that he is writing and directing? I have not. I've heard lots of hype about it, but it's not something I've checked out yet. I haven't laughed that hard. I mean, it's a superhero show. It ties in with, the DC movie that he wrote and directed last year, the um, Suicide Squad, the new one. And it just, you can, like, he's having so much fun. Like, there was a scene in the last episode where he basically let John Cena playing the main character just go on, like, a three to four minute rant of as many people's names as he could think of. And John Cena just had so much fun. And he even mentions John Gunn as one of the people. Like, it is just so meta and so funny. And I don't know. I'm, I just, I mean, remember, there was a time when Gunn was not coming back to direct this movie. So I think James Gunn hopefully is very respectful of the property. He, I mean, this is his baby. And this was, people laughed at it. Like, what do you mean you're making a movie with a talking tree and a raccoon? And it became such a big hit in 2014. So I know for a fact that he's going to give it the proper attention it needs. It's going to be a beautiful 
send off for this crew. And I don't know if he'll come back for other Marvel movies. I don't know if he'll leave Marvel. I don't know what his future has in store, but I definitely know he's going to give everything he has to this film. Don't you agree? I definitely agree. I, I was actually, I was going to say, which I think is perfect to bounce off that. I think more than anything, more than this is a send off for the Guardians, I think this is a send off for James Gunn. Um, I think he does have a good relationship still with Marvel. I think that is, I don't think there's any bad blood at all. Uh, but I think he is done with this story for now um, and for what he's doing with Marvel. I think he has found um, this new excitement, this new uh, freedom maybe um and how I mean, obviously he's able he's had lots of um they've given they've allowed him to do what he wants to do for uh this, for guardians but i do think he has um a lot more freedom in what he did with suicide squad and from what i'm hearing with uh this show and so i do think this this is the last thing that we're going to see from him for for a while uh maybe not forever um but for for a while and uh i do think he's going to go out with a bang he he loves this movie franchise. He loves these characters. He loves these actors. Um, he's very protective of his actors. Um, I know, I like hearing whenever What If was coming out, whenever some of the actors were like saying like, "Oh, I wasn't a voice," and he's like, "What?" So yeah, this is a very it's gonna be emotional. Uh, Steven, I do want to I do want to uh, have a little fun with this before we move on though. So who who do you think will stay active in the MCU storytelling? You're talking of the Guardians characters? Yes, of the Guardians. And I'm yeah. not saying like who dies or anything, but who who will at least be active and will continue to be a part in the events. Not not including the Secret Wars, because I think whenever we get to Secret Wars, mm. I think everyone's coming back. But mm. besides that. Man, this is hard. I really because I'm trying to think where else they could pop up at. Like, I mean, we know Captain Marvel and her story is gonna still be in space. Could they be side characters over there too? Sure. Um, I, I think this is going to be the end for Drax. I don't know if that means he's going to die or go off into the distance. Um, I think this is going to be a way for Peter and Gamora to maybe retire, if you will, and they could still be around, but Peter has to find her. His Gamora is gone, but is he going to find a way to be with this new Gamora? Um, I don't know. I think, I think Rocket, see, you're really putting me on the spot. I think Rocket <laughs> could, I don't think, I think um, Bradley Cooper has said he's not really interested in continuing the role after Guardians 3. So I really think Groot's going to stay around. I could see maybe Nebula staying around because I don't know if her story is done yet. But I think I want to see some new team members. Like, who do you expect will stay around or not make it out of the movie? I think Groot has the strongest possibility out of anyone. I honestly think we're just going to get a whole reset. I, I don't I think... I don't think any. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're going to necessarily all die. I think some will die. I think that is um, proper closure for something. Like I think for Drax. I think Drax. Yeah. It, it's a little predictable, but I think it's fitting. Um, but I do think like some of these characters are going to go off for the hyperbole of the uh, sunset, uh, and I, I do think they will return for Secret Wars when we get to that point and other major massive events. But for now, their stories are coming to an end, and we're going to see some new teams. There's other versions. People have talked about that there's other Guardians, other teams, other makeups of it. So, yeah. I agree with you. I do think Groot, for them, sells toys, and I think for that reason, and because he's a well-loved character, kind of like, again, Grogu on Mandalorian keeps popping up. Um, I do think that Groot is a character that, you know, we've already seen die and come back in different versions, different ages. And I feel like you could always reinvent Groot and make him bigger or smaller or change up his appearance. 
And it would be kind of interesting to see how he would be as a dynamic going forward. Cause like if you wanted to make a guardians four, five, 10 years from now and have Groot back with a whole new group of, of guardians, at least you have that kind of connective tissue to what came before. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. I, I just did a quick Wikipedia search here. There are like so many different, uh, so many different versions of this Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, there's one in here that's really interesting, actually. I think this this could be interesting. Uh, I'll just say it real quick here. Uh, this is from the Fresh Start t- uh, Fresh Start uh, Guardians, which is actually the the run that I'm going through right now where I started. Um, this team is uh, Nova, Marvel Boy, Hercules, Super Scroll, uh, K- Kesar, I'm assuming is how you say that, Hulkling, and Wiccan and Doctor Doom. Wow, Do- that's a that's- unique combo. That's a lot of names that we've heard been throwing around recently. Like and if, new characters coming in, yeah. And we've heard about Hercules. We've heard about Nova. Hulkling. Could Hulk's cu- son? Hulk. Uh, I don't remember who Hulkling is, but he is um, boyfriend with, uh, I think, Wiccan, Billy. Okay. So we know uh, Billy's probably coming back at some point. Yeah. And then obviously Dr. Doom's coming around the corner at some Jeez. point here. Um, this... This and being the fact that, and I also think because I feel recently, while the Marvel comics that stand on their own, I have noticed reading some of the fresh start from when that started in 2018, there is a lot of parallels of when media comes out in the movies and where they are doing similar stories with similar characters in the comics. They're obviously different stories and different perspectives. Um, but I think that's just randomly pulling this up on Wikipedia. That's a really interesting team, it is, and you know. I don't know much about the other team members, but I do know like in the past, Iron Man was a member at one point. So like, even though Robert Downey Jr. is gone, could we bring Iron Heart in? Or could we bring someone else from the Iron Man family into being a guardian? Could we bring in, I don't know if Adam Warlock becomes one, but we know he's on the horizon too. Um, I feel like there's just a lot of characters. Like I don't want this outer space part of the universe to die. And with Captain Marvel's story, I don't think it will die, but in Eternals. So, I mean, I think, ooh, could the Eternals cross over with the Guardians? Like, imagine a crossover film there. Like, there's so much potential that... That's a connection to Adam Warlock, even, because Adam Warlock has a connection to, I think, uh, Pip, I think. Yeah, yeah, he does. So, I definitely want to see more of this outer space universe, and I hope that, again, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy can put a um, closure on one book, but maybe leave the door open for where these characters could pop up again in the future in outer space, even if they're not as a team, until Secret Wars. Definitely. So I will, I will definitely recommend looking this up here because I think it's it's interesting. There's at least 10 different teams of very unique characters, characters you would not expect. And they're all technically different versions of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think because Guardians of the Galaxy is a name and a brand and a franchise that sells very well, I do think you take a breather and you don't automatically just restart it. Like you don't get done with volume three and you're like, hey, next year we got new Guardians. Like you let it simmer a little bit, maybe bring it back in phase maybe six, uh, which is so weird to think about. But um, we are marching that way. I mean, phase four is going to be done before we know it. Um, I, I would just say, like, Google this, uh, Wikipedia, that's just a list of Guardians Galaxy members. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, in our final story, though, we are going to wrap up with a little bit of Spider-Man love. Uh, pretty soon, we're going to be able to watch this movie over and over and over, and I, we cannot wait. Uh, but in a very interesting uh, move, uh, we got the officially, this was not leaked, this was through, forget what outlet released this, but it is official. They, revealed, uh, they released a script. 
And there were some interesting takeaways from this, obviously. Um, there was talks uh, about having a, a character that looked like Stan Lee, uh, that wasn't actually Stan Lee, but it looked like him. That was cut from the movie, uh, probably for some obvious reasons, because um, I don't know how that would sit very well with some fans. Um, but I think the most interesting thing, and a lot of people are talking about, is towards the end, again, somehow if you haven't seen that movie, which I probably assume you have, spoilers, but at the very end, on page 178, the script states that MJ, and this is during the coffee shop scene, when the memories have been wiped, it states that MJ experiences a little flicker of deja vu when Peter echoes one of her prior quotes from the film about expecting disappointment. And on page 179, the script reads, MJ watches Peter leave the shop with a lingering sense of recognition. Steven, this has been the big talk. It's like, where are we going with the next Spider-Man trilogy? Uh, what is this going to be this journey to get back to know his friends? Or how long is that going to take? Uh, what's going to happen? And I think this is this is something that it's it's not dialogue. So you really have to look at her facial expression. And I think a lot of us, we were so like emotionally driven that like, you know, we're not looking at, we're not studying the actress and actress's face. But I imagine, and being how talented she is, if we look at that and really study it, I bet you we could see it. What are your thoughts on this that she could possibly have just ever so slightly just a little bit of memory of him? Yeah, the fact that this was the direction gives me hope. And again, I don't think the MJ Peter love story is going to be wrapped up in the next film. I think we're going to slowly build up to that again. But knowing that this direction is in the script, that makes me even more excited to go back and watch the film when it becomes available online or yeah, through Vudu later this month. So I'm very excited for the chance to rewatch that in the next couple of weeks. I want to see that reaction. I want to see, I, I really think, I mean, do, do you think even will MJ appear in Spider-Man 4 or are they going to give her a break and then come back in five or six or something like that? Oh, it depends on where they go. I almost feel like, I feel like you start out, I feel like it's going to be mostly like a Peter story. And I do feel like you end with her somehow being involved towards the third act to show more of an important emphasis in the second movie. Because I imagine then by the third movie is when we're going to start to go. I don't think we're going to go beyond a trilogy. Uh, I could be wrong, but I do think that's where, I think you, you get her like towards the end. Plus, plus she's super busy too. Like she's doing so many different things. Yeah, I could see a smaller role because she had such a big role in, I mean, she has a smaller role in Homecoming and then she kind of kept getting bigger and bigger roles in the last next two films in order right so i could see her like you said maybe having a smaller role in the fourth film and then growing in five and six till we continue to get that um closure that we so desperately need where i really i mean it's almost set up that she's going to be his end game right and it's just a matter of building up to that and even if peter has a couple other love interests between her, her and returning to mj i just feel like that's got to be where it's going to end right yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's just, it, it, it gets, it, I think that's so exciting though. Like there is just that little bit, because I was hanging on so much onto the fact of her necklace um, and that I think that that was going to be key to how she gets it back. And so if she even has just a little bit, I think that means that 100% she's going to get it back. We're going to see that. Um, I think the big question is going to be at what cost though, because I don't think that this is going to be, I think this is, this is going to be a very dark, a very heavy, very emotional. We're going to explore a lot of themes of mental health, I feel, um, because he's going to be lonely. He doesn't exist. Like, it, it's, that's, oh, I can't even imagine. I cannot wait for that, though, at all. 
yeah i hope we get an announcement soon i mean i know it's only been about a month or month and a half since no way home but i really hope we start to get things maybe in writing that we know we can look forward to in the next couple of years because this you know will they won't they probably will it's just i want some answers right I expect by the way it was summer. You you won't see it at any of the Disney events because it'd be in Sony and Sony Pictures, uh, but probably summer, maybe right before D23 and all that. Well, Stephen, do we want to talk about what you had sent me there, which I think is really something interesting? Sure. Um, I follow a couple different, you know, um, Marvel webs uh, posts on Facebook. And this one's from MEU, if you want to follow them. And this is kind of a rumor going around about Black Panther 2 that we just saw while we were recording. And the rumor states that during the five years of the blip, Nakia was the leader of Wakanda and she replaced T'Challa. After T'Challa's death, Shuri will be the new queen of Wakanda and Mimbaku will take over as the new Black Panther. Again, I don't know how credible this source is. They've been posting frequent like rumors that are going around, not spoilers, but rumors that are being discussed. Um, I am kind of surprised with the idea of Mimbaku being the new Black Panther over Shuri but at the same time maybe again Mimbaku might take on that role for a shorter time before Shuri eventually grows into it I mean do you think is Shuri too young to take on that role just yet I don't think she's too young I think she could I honestly I just have no idea and I I wanted to talk about because like I, I just think it's so interesting this film is it's probably one of the most interesting ones we have just because of everything that's going on around with it. We really don't know much about the story. We don't know where it's going. I I could, I could possibly see this. I'm just, I'm really curious. I'm so interested to see how they're going to address this because I feel like it can't be unaddressed. I think it, it's got to somehow be in the story and in the plot. So um, again, like I've said, I just hope it's respectful and I hope it's done well. Um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those things I wanted to bring up because it is so interesting. It's it's so hard though to know really what's going on with this film. I still don't think it's going to make release this year. I think they could push it to like February next year and push the Marvels back. I just don't want things to keep getting pushed back. But I get it. I just um, I just with them still filming and you still have to do so much post production with these movies, it just makes me a little bit worried that we're now eight months away from the scheduled release date. Yeah, they could swap it. Like if maybe Marvels is like maybe they're like expediting it and like really working hard to get that done. Um, Maybe could explain also because they'd be then push it closer to the Marvels or uh, to Miss Marvel. Unless Uh, Secret War, Secret Invasion was supposed to come out maybe beforehand. So then that's where you get that. I am glad we are not the scheduler for Marvel projects because man, that that must be that must be as bad as trying to organize like CEO meetings and such like that. Yeah, and then Kevin Feige really has to sit down with the creative team and try to see, like, like remember, the whole Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out before No Way Home. Yep. So imagine the headache of trying to, first of all, Sony's a different company, but yet you're still in the same universe. So you, Sony's probably not working a whole lot with you in that regard, but it's just like, yep. man, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, I don't envy them at all. No, but hopefully, again, um, we've got a couple conventions coming up in the next couple months, and I'm hoping for kind of maybe like the next slate or at least the next year or two kind of release dates being set up. And yeah, I mean, we got a lot to look forward to through Marvel, through Star Wars, through everything. So keep coming back yep. to 1138. That's my message for everyone. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I do think that at the absolute latest by that September 
uh, Labor Day event for D23, uh, we will have some sort of clarity with what's next for Marvel. Um, because pretty much by the end, by that point, we'll have a almost clean slate of um, most of the projects that have been announced officially with dates have been done or about to be done. Uh, so it's time to set up the next slate. And I think by that point, um, who knows if San Diego Comic Con is going to happen. But being the fact that D23 is happening, uh, Disney um, and all the studios under Disney have been coming a lot more in-house. So I would expect September at the latest. But who knows? Maybe they'll do something like they did before, rent out a theater and tell a bunch of people to come and do all these crazy things and create a fake show and all that fun stuff like they did. Steven, any other fun uh, final thoughts on, on Marvel or anything? No, I feel like, again, we're going to focus on news for a little bit. We'll do some upcoming activities and discussions um, and as we get closer to Doctor Strange and Moon Knight. But, yeah, I think I want to keep it kind of short tonight and share kind of some big news. So thanks for organizing our notes for today. Definitely. It's always a great, a great day whenever it's time to record Marvel Cast. And that does wrap up episode 24 of Marvel Cast. We do hope you enjoy uh, diving into the world of Marvel with us. We want you, the fans, to interact with this podcast. And we can't wait to hear your feedback and questions. You can email us at marvelcastpod at gmo.com. It's in the description. And please subscribe to 1130 Productions feed if you haven't and leave a review wherever you listen. Star Wars Canon Podcast is going live with some great discussions. And I assume that they will be talked about this episode because man, oh man, Book of Boba Fett shatters the internet. And again, uh, read that review. It does help us out a lot. Check it out on YouTube for a video version of the podcast as well. For myself and Steven, have a marvelous week. And remember, I could do this all day.